0: And welcome back to another episode of Failure Peace Theater, where we examine the misfires, the cinematic tragedies of Hollywood. And this week, it's another gem from the Netflix content mines, and that, of course, would be *The Woman in the Window*, the Amy Adams-led psychological "quote unquote" thriller, mm. just recently released and directed by Joe Wright, director of uh, fine films like uh, *Atonement*, *Darkest <laughs> Hour*. Pan if you're into Duh. Hugh Jackman in a bad wig.
1: I am making a, so many noises right now.
0: And with a Van Dyke. You know, you just you gotta you gotta get into it. You gotta feel it. They played Nirvana songs, but in the olden times. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna talk about the woman in the window. Uh we've been having fun with Netflix these last couple of weeks. Lots and lots of uh, delicious content from Daddy Netflix just dribbling down that we can enjoy uh, or not enjoy, as, as
1: typically perhaps you'll
0: discover <laughs> <laughs> as we talk about this one. Uh but joining me as always is
2: Catherine.
0: And I am your amiable co-host, Tim. Uh so let's let's just jump right into this little little gem. We have uh talked about it back and forth for a couple of weeks. We watched this a while back and then we, you know, then Army of the Dead came out and we were like, oh, we gotta talk about this thing. Um, and and this one kind of got sidelined, uh, which I think is appropriate. This is a movie that deserves to be sidelined. It, it it's, it's another. <laughs> it's
1: almost made to be sidelined. Really, <laughs> it's made
0: to be sidelined. Um, it's another tra- uh, sort of tragic victim of the Disney Fox merger. Uh, this is the last one to be published under the one of the Fox sub brands. You know the independent you know Fox brands that were out there. I don't remember which one. I think maybe Fox Two Thousand. What it doesn't matter. Uh, It was also a film produced by Scott Rudin. Mm. So that certainly wasn't timed well. And it's based on a book written by a pathological liar Mm. who has been proven to have repeatedly lied about his life to advance his career. And the book that this is based on was published when he was already the executive editor of a large publishing company. And he basically wrote his own book. Edited his own book and then used the massive marketing arm of his company to publish, and and uh, create a successful book, and and that brought all kinds of you know attention, uh, which he seemingly wanted. So this this is is not a this is not a story that comes at least for me with a a, a real provenance right like hmm gotta see what's going on with that woman in the window, um, but it was successful. Made some cash, so that of course brought Hollywood a sniffing around. They got to find them treats in that dirt, and uh here we are, right? Uh, Sadly, and this this movie is is uh, another one that feels like a shaky premise, propped up with an admittedly stellar cast, but there's not a lot you know revving under the hood, right? That's what we're we're kind of. The cast talk about. is
1: what made me watch it. It's it's what made me click yes. on it because I'm like, ha, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand how these actors keep ending up in these movies. I mean, I do. It's money.
0: Yes, I there's definitely. there's large paychecks.
1: I'm I'm not a moron, you know. Uh, but <laughs> but but good lord, these movies are are something else.
0: Yeah, and they keep getting churned out. That's the thing. I mean, this 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 film more than anything feels like like churn. Um, I mean, this has been a Hollywood technique since its inception, right? You don't sell the picture, you sell the people in the picture, right? Yeah. And, of course, we've seen that trend, you know, shaken up by things like independent cinema. But once Hollywood gets a hold of somebody that's got some of that appeal, they immediately get turned into one of those those names, right? The, you know, the, the mid-2000s McConaughey years, right, where it's uh-huh. like, this guy came out of indie film, you know, he was the the dude that Richard Linklater found in a parking lot or something. All right. All right. Um, all
1: right. All right.
0: All right. All right. And, and then Hollywood was like, Hey, this all right. All right. All right. Kids pretty. All right. All He's right. All all right. right. <laughs> let's, 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 let's get him into a bunch of movies with Kate Hudson and, and, and much money was made. So this is, you know, even though this is, is purporting to be a film that is much more serious. Uh, again, this, this purports, this, Says it's a thriller, mm. and I find that a perplexing statement. <laughs> um, I, this, I wasn't particularly
1: mm, thrilled. I mean, no,
0: no. Uh, so let's, let's break the premise down for those who have not seen it yet. Uh, it is available on Netflix, so you can certainly go check it out. And before we get into spoilers, we'll, we'll mention that again. But the basic premise of this, sh- uh, this particular film is solid, right? Um, like a bowel movement. <laughs> a particularly satisfying one uh, or perhaps unsatisfying depending <laughs> on your tastes and bowel movements. <laughs> this, this film is about a woman who is agoraphobic, right? So this is uh plucked from the headlines. Oh, a psychological disorder that I read an article in the New Yorker about. Let's see what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, agoraphobia is the fear of open spaces, right? Uh, in, in severe cases of agoraphobia, it usually, or, or can often drive an individual to, um, you know, stay in bed. Uh, but it, generally, what it means is they, uh, an agoraphobic, is only going to feel comfortable in what they consider safe spaces, spaces that are somewhat confined. Generally, there's an issue of control. Agoraphobia is often compounded with intense anxiety that is expressed when they're put into situations that they're uncomfortable in. So Amy Adams, our main character, is a child psychologist,
1: supposedly,
0: or. Made, I guess uh, we're told that I don't know if we ever allegedly
1: ever allegedly
0: a child psychology. Uh who has due uh, circumstances that we're not really privy to uh, seemingly recently become agoraphobic uh, or, or agora or, or latent agoraphobia or, or mild agoraphobia was triggered by something. Uh, she and can't is leave now the house. Can't leave the house. And so while she's trapped in her house, she does a variety of things. She drinks excessively. Oh, yeah. She um, takes a lot of medications, oh. seemingly without much much thought. Pills, uh,
1: pills, pills. <laughs> Amy Adams she, on pills. I love
0: it. It's great. I mean, it's, it's really her specialty at this point. <laughs> and she, I, I did find it hilarious. At one point, she, she de- displays her film collection to someone, which is like three shelves. I was like, really? That's a film collection. Okay. Mm. I mean, I don't want to be a snob about it or anything, but I... I, I bet you go ahead wouldn't... and be
1: a little bit of a snob.
0: <laughs> you know, like, let's just say that I have, you know, seven shelves in a closet underneath my stairs that are chock full of media that I don't have room for. Um, like, that's, a to me, that's, that's what collection means. Uh, you know, three shelves underneath your TV stand.
1: All um, I need is my legally blonde DVD and I'll be fine. <laughs>
0: no i again i'm I'm being quite the movie snob at this point and i apologize but it it was just kind of funny to me i was like i was expecting the camera to pan over and there's like this huge shelf of you know films because apparently she's been in this place for a long time if you only got 20 movies
1: i mean you highlight an issue that maybe she has a netflix subscription already which yeah (laughs) this is my streaming service collection and she shows off her bills um that's right
0: well, she can afford them because that's the other issue with
1: this. Uh, yeah, she has this giant house and no job. Um, no job,
0: giant house in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on, I, movie.
1: I believe you. It. I, I believe you. Uh, it's the
0: friends phenomenon.
1: But you highlight the, a, a core issue with this is that she is an agoraphobic person, but that seems to be her only personality trait is that she can't leave the house. Um, I
0: mean, here we are again definition by trauma
1: yeah Uh, definition
0: by psychological disorder you
1: know if it would have panned over and shown us this really huge diverse movie collection and and you know her her paranoia was fueled by her interest in movies and and believing that you know that kind of fiction takes place wouldn't that have been a clever story but perhaps just a warning to those listening the movie doesn't do that that's a really good idea that we just had just now
0: that's right. Yes. Uh, humble internet people that we are. We came up Netflix with that all on our own. Some
1: call me. <laughs> that's
0: right. Scott Rudin. Call- oh, don't
1: call oh, no, me. No, Sorry, don't no, call please please don't call I'd, me. Never mind. I'd rather not speak to you. So. <laughs> um,
0: I've heard it's a terrifying experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where the character is very quickly established by these issues in, her, in, in their lives, which is a very sort of pulpy thing to do. And that's certainly fine. Um, the film, it sort of like trips over itself to drop references, though. I mean, there's an obvious. Yeah. I mean, there's a straight reference to Rear Window because oh. um, that's that's what this movie is. This movie is the, you know, the 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 peeping Tom movie for the modern era. Right. Like that's that's what this is trying to be. Um, but we talked about this a little bit before we started that that doesn't really play as well. Now, as it might have in the 1950s, you know, or early 1960s, when something like Rear Window came out, Um, and I'm I'm not trying to say that Rear Window gets a pass because the the time was different. What that guy was doing in that movie was wrong and perverted, and and Hitchcock and the movie
1: goes out of its way to show us that that it's like this isn't good,
0: (laughs) right? Like he's doing a bad thing, and the film's you know sort of challenge to the the viewer is basically it forces you to accept that the guy doing the bad thing saw someone doing a worse thing, which somehow excuses the bad thing the other guy is doing. And, and it's, you know, Hitchcock was not especially interested in exploring that particular theme in those movies. Although I I believe the ending of the film when he is finally forced out of his apartment, he's taken out of that space where he's found solitude and safety and feels secure is, is sort of Hitchcock slapping things around a little bit and be like, you shouldn't do things like this. Right? Yeah. Like, it's a bad idea. Um, you know, things work out because it's it's Hitchcock. But, um, you know, I, I really do feel like there's, from a political standpoint, it gets this is a much dicier proposition today. And, and people are going to not accept it as easily because I feel like we've been primed through the media of the 2000s to be especially conscious of people who are actively attempting to peer into the personal lives of others, right? If anything, the internet and, and the invasion of privacy that the internet offers us, uh, it's, you know, the constant invasion of privacy and the willful sort of disregard of our own privacy of you know, giving up our, our privacy and saying, hey, just look at everything, right? Here's you know, 35,000 vacation photos, just enjoy. You know, like that that kind of attitude, I think, has primed us to be especially sensitive to people who who do these kinds of things. And it's much harder. In essence, what I'm saying is it's a lot harder to root for Amy Adams' character in this film Agreed. than even it was in Rear Window, um, which I don't think Jimmy Stewart is. Jimmy Stewart was very affable and stuff. So, I mean, I, the people will say, oh, he's easier to root for. But even that character was kind of onerous and a little bit gross. I mean, he's he's this.
1: I never got the impression that you were supposed to like him. I always thought that that was what made Jimmy Stewart so interesting in the role is that you don't like him and, and how can you not like Jimmy Stewart? You know?
0: Yeah. In some ways uh was, it was Grace Kelly, right? Oh yeah. Who oh, played yeah. yeah. Okay. Freaking princess. Um, yeah. So I was, I was yeah, it's been so long. Um, But I mean like that's part of the thing. Like you don't really understand why she keeps coming back to this guy. Because he's he's terrible to everyone, right? I mean, he's not even nice to her, and it's it's just this weird thing. And he's so callous about the people, and he's like, ah, oh, his lonely hearts over there. Um, you know, it's it's just it's a different attitude. And you know, I I think there are lots of interesting political reads that you could have about that. And I've I've heard a lot of ones that do make compelling arguments for you know some visual metaphors and things like that in the film. And I, I think there's certainly there. I don't want to necessarily get you know too bogged down in the minutia of those things because I don't really think this film is worth. Unfortunately, uh, is really worth that kind of of discussion. Okay. Um, I, I think you can, you know, I mean, but
2: it's this, not... This
0: movie's not really interested in exploring that
1: stuff, um, and I don't really know what it is interested in exploring.
0: <laughs> right. It's it's. This movie is extremely, and I've I've used this term to describe films before, but it's it's turgid. It just doesn't move, right? Nothing. I mean, things happen, but they don't feel like they're happening with purpose, right? This film feels very undirected. Just sort of things occur, and you can tell that they they had moments in mind, right? It's almost like you know how you can watch a bad action movie and you see how they planned to get to the set pieces. But they didn't really know what they wanted to do in between the set pieces. Right. It's like, well, we know we need to get to, you know, this car explosion. Right. Like that's we've already planned that. We paid for it. We bought <laughs> the car that we're gonna blow <laughs> we up. We paid for that right? car. We're using cars, it. We're gonna blow up this Lamborghini, guys. It's happening. Um, but they didn't know, okay, well, how do we get to a point where that Lamborghini needs to explode? Like that's the the difficult part. And this movie feels like the the sort of you know, modern quote unquote thriller, you know, trying to do that. And it it doesn't really work. Honestly, I had a very similar experience watching um, the girl on the train,
2: Mm.
0: which frankly this, this film and this book feel like a, Hey, that was, that worked. Let's do that. Um, You know, of course that film was dealing with uh, in that book was dealing with alcoholism, which this film does too. But You know, was dealing with, you know, somebody who who was was in a position to to be taken advantage of based on, on, you know, poor life choices that they had made. And there's just a lot of parallels with that one. And I didn't really like that one either, despite the fact I really enjoy Emily Blunt most of the time. Um, I, I just found, you know, the girl on the train pretty unsatisfying as well. And maybe it's because of this basic setup of somebody who's just tangentially involved in a thing inserting themselves into it like i i guess just navigating that is challenging and i don't feel like this movie really does it very well either um cuz this this agoraphobic woman who has incredible anxiety sure feels comfortable about having people around often
1: uh, um, which
0: doesn't make a ton of sense to me i mean would a woman who is in this this sort of fragile emotional and and mental state as we're at least told that she is really feel comfortable having a renter downstairs who bangs around and just kind of wandering through her house periodically, even though she tells him it's fine all the time. <laughs> like it's just some of these things just don't ring true, I guess.
1: I I guess I would have, well, you know, it's, it's funny. We talked about the author of this book, apparently ripping off the movie copycat, um, which, which is one of my most beloved Films to watch when I am just not feeling well. I will put that movie on and and lose myself in some crazy pants Sigourney weaver. And
2: yes, uh quite a bit.
1: And I love her depiction of an agoraphobic with extreme anxiety. Um mm-hmm. and she, as she typically does, she she just nailed it. She nailed that character, she nailed that person. Like she just, she absolutely got it right. And I guess. Now, knowing that the author was ripping that off. um,
0: There were certainly accusations made. Accused of it, yeah. I mean, but he is exactly my age. Like we're within a couple months of each other. And I, I sure as shit saw Copycat in 1995. It just,
1: it felt like a, like a natural, like, oh, this is just like a, and unfortunately mm-hmm. this this movie just doesn't bring even half of the, the character because if you're gonna make a movie about an agoraphobic, you gotta you gotta spend some time developing that person's, you know, mental illness properly and not just not just uh leaning on, on these kind of weird, you know, really tropey things. I don't know, I felt like most of what was about her personality felt tropey or inaccurate, like you said.
0: Yeah there's definitely some blind spots and and it could be you know just the interpretation of this this movie also um like like many films of this type it relies upon the unreliability of the narrator right because if the things that they're seeing are true then if other people don't believe them they've there's got to be some kind of reason for that and this movie plays with that as well uh, the same thing happens in Rear Window Nobody believes Jimmy Stewart when he tells him, "Oh, the guy might have dead, except for Grace Kelly, I guess. Um, you know, the the police come and they're like, "Ah, we didn't find anything. You're full of shit." You know, whatever. And and it, you know, th- this movie does that too. And I think that sort of dilutes things a bit. Um, but let's let's go ahead and get to spo- a spoiler territory, I guess, just to to hit the the sort of current temperature on the woman in the window. It's got a twenty five percent on the old tomato meter uh which may be one of Amy Adams' lowest projects.
1: Yeah, America um, usually loves Amy Adams.
0: Amy Adams has got some chops. I mean, I I have absolutely no problem with Amy Adams. I enjoy
2: her work. I love her. Um, I, I
1: love I love I loved Arrival so much. Go see Arrival, listeners, if you've never seen that. It was good.
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so. It's it's not the lowest thing. She did do Leap Year back in 2010. That was that was pretty rough um and she's don't even some know animated it. stuff yeah exactly i mean there's a reason they're they're not good films no she's had some low stuff especially early in her career but she she was bit parts in those but um a lot of people really hated hillbilly elegy <laughs> she was in that one too um uh, but that movie had that problems. yeah that's
1: got a lot of yeah, things that's, that's got
0: some stuff tied up in it Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's 25% on on Rotten Tomatoes. The critical consensus is mostly that this is just kind of bland. Uh, the, the word that kept getting thrown around was milk toast, Mm. uh, which is a great word. Wonderful word to describe something that's just so bland and so boring that it's, it's, it's like milk and toast had a baby.
1: And it's very accurate for this film.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest thing is like my, my biggest emotion after finishing it was bleh. And and then I kind of forgot about it the next day, and I was like, "What was that movie again?" Oh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not an important thing for me to remember. It's fine. Uh, so we're gonna go and get the spoiler territory again. If you want to experience Woman in the Window for yourself, it is available on Netflix, uh, and should be for the foreseeable future because they bought it right out from Fox. Because Disney looked at it and said, "We don't want to put this in theaters. Who cares?" And so Netflix was like, hey, we don't we don't put things in theaters. We put them on the Internet. We, have we just no need things, all the things, anytime, time. Right. How many things do you have? Could we purchase more? We'll take them, uh, especially if they're cheap. And I bet this was
1: <laughs> it had to have been <laughs>
0: because this was this is Disney sweeping this project under the rug. This is how they did it. They said, hey, just put it on that Netflix. Nobody cares. Uh, and And they were right, I think. So uh, this film opens, and I, I again, this film is billed as a thriller and a mystery. Uh, I think it has neither of those yeah. elements as part of its DNA. And and so I almost Im- almost immediately watching this, and I I didn't know a ton about it. Right, I, I knew the book, and I kind of had the you know basic framework of what the book was but I, I I intentionally just kind of went into this was like okay it's just a Sammy Adams movie let's just check it out and I immediately knew things were wrong right like if a film is trying to be mysterious I think this fails within the first five minutes yes of being mysterious and it wasn't because somebody was like well oh, there's a twist and I was looking for it right like I was like oh there's a twist what's what's the twist and then I was like looking at every Frame, and be like, ah, I gotta see this twist coming. It wasn't that at all. It was like the movie just started punching me in the face with its twist as quickly as it humanly could, and I was like, why? Why are you doing this? I like, you don't have to do this right. You don't have to open this way. I mean, and and it was just, it was very surprising because um, we, you know, it's this is another film that opens with a person waking up and their eyes opening. Which, good lord, Hollywood, just, just open in a different way. Like, you really can open movies without having characters wake from slumber. It's It's fine. It's really okay. Like, you could just have them eating breakfast or walking around their home. Like, it's okay.
1: Could be super interesting, actually.
0: It would actually be fine to just sort of see an agoraphobic woman like a, a person you know someone who legitimately is attempting to represent what that feels like and looks like on a daily basis uh, just just bring that to life and and i think we would be fine uh but instead we get the typical like oh she doesn't she doesn't talk to people she just slides money under the door because she's so afraid and it's like well, but there's literally a person in your house right now why are, and, you, and why are you so no, afraid of the little delivery boy bringing?
1: There's you your no precious? reason for her to be comfortable with this this guy that she has as her tenant either. That really bothers me. He is, yeah, he's um, creepy and weird from the start. Yeah. And like because the movie's trying to throw you
2: off about him.
0: Right. Yeah. This movie it, it to, to generate quote unquote mystery, it just has a lot of people behaving strangely. And, and our main character either doesn't care or doesn't recognize that they are behaving strangely and, and just sort of waves things off. It's, it's an extremely odd way to introduce a character. But so she's going around her daily routine. She wakes from a, you know, a, a vision that becomes relevant later, of course. And then we just sort of move around her house and it's a beautiful home. It's, it's like, what four stories
1: It's enormous it's yeah. uh how does she have this home
0: i, I saw some people estimate that this would be between five to ten million dollars if not more Easy. in Easy. in this you know re- this area and again i don't it's a movie it's fine like obviously but yeah
1: but it is annoying <laughs> it,
0: it, it just strains credibility that this individual is is in this home in, in this fashion.
1: And the reason that it's bothersome is that if I if I notice that while I'm watching the movie, I'm gonna continue to think about it. Every right. time she's wandering around this big house and we're shown another beautiful vision of this, you know, decrepit mansion that she lives in, I'm going to wonder, wow, how do you end up with a decrepit mansion in New York like that? How do you <laughs> how does that happen? Where is my decrepit yeah. mansion? Can I have one? Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, like,
1: you know, it's what makes those apartments
0: on friends, right? It's like, it's it's what makes Joey get
1: that place. It's what made something like the haunting of, of Hill House. So, so wonderful. It's that they are in this gigantic mansion and it goes out of its way to explain why they are there. That's why that works so well. But we don't really understand how she ended up here. Why, why she's able to live this life. How she was able to like stop seeing patients because she doesn't see patients anymore.
0: No. So what um, does
1: she do? Well, she drinks and she pops she does pills. drink
0: a lot. Um, pills, pills. pills I, I, you know, the house itself is fine. It's the perfect vehicle for. Oh yeah. This kind of film, right? It's it's beautifully appointed. There's color everywhere. You know, when she's talking to. Anytime like psychological issues are coming up, she's often in like the blue room. If she's angry or upset, she's in her bedroom, which is like pinks and reds. the The downstairs is like greens. You know, it's 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 visually distinct. Like you can tell somebody production designed the hell out of it, right? Like somebody sat down and said, "How is this all going to look? And what's this going to be? And, and how are we going to use this to support this?" And there's stained glass windows everywhere. Um, there's seemingly windows on like every side, which seems difficult given that this is probably oh, like a little row bit house. Impossible.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um I and she doesn't live on the corner yeah. of the place. But yes she has, you know, corner windows. Every, I mean, again, I this is we're doing way too much work to try and make this make sense. But like she has windows on, you know, the let's say the the east wall and the north wall. Cause she can look across the street. But it is obvious that the block goes on for a while. And you know, again, it's just Architecturally, it's problematic and not in like a cool, shining Stanley Kubrick kind of way, where you're like the madness is in the architecture. But like, it's not that. It's just like, no, we just need windows, and we have to have them, and they we, we want to have a lot of light, and we want to have all these variations in the light. It, it's just very strange, and and distracting. It, it, it's it's fine, but it it eventually becomes a distraction, like a significant one. Um. So she's she's in this this agoraphobic state and and we're obviously meant to feel sympathetic towards her a bit but these first couple of scenes are just really aggressive in in trying to show that she's pretty openly hostile to a lot of people uh you know she doesn't treat the delivery boy well she just slides him the cash we do get a scene of her with her um psychiatrist who is attempting to help her and and she's openly cruel. I'm not cruel, but she's she's hostile to him. Um, And and then we get this scene of her after he leaves, just like you know, ripping all her clothes off and putting on you know whatever really comfortable bathrobe she's been running around in. And and we're obviously supposed to understand how frustrated she is because you know this guy's trying to get her to to change in ways she doesn't want to change. And and then we're just immediately to the people watching, right and but for a film that's is supposed to be about people watching, it doesn't really happen that much. That, am I wrong? I mean, it seems like the people watching stuff is, is really cursory, right? Oh, cause the, I guess the psychiatrist is asking like, how's the church group going? And then we get a little flash over for like watching a church group in a home, having like a prayer meeting and there's a conveniently positioned cross on the back wall. <laughs> so, you know, and, it's just—it's just, really contrived. I don't
1: just ugh. very, very weak and very ill-formed. Like nothing—I don't know. There were, there's just a thousand better ways to to let us know that she's maybe obsessing over over watching people, and it just seemed really
2: lazy.
0: I mean, they make the immediate connection to Rear Window. The re- Rear Window is like on freeze frame on yeah. a TV
2: well, immediately,
0: like within. 5 minutes of the movie starting. So like it's very clear that Joe Wright is wanting you to be like, "Hey, it's like this classic film that you I are get definitely it. familiar with. That's what we're doing here, folks." And but yet at the same time it seems to fundamentally misunderstand what made Rear Window interesting. Cuz when Grace Kelly comes over, Jimmy Stewart's character has been in this state for a while, so he has developed all of these opinions and ideas about the people around he's given them all little nicknames he's he's learned their patterns and and this film doesn't really take the time to do that in the same way right she's obviously watched them she knows them we get little insights you know one of the kids plays trumpet
2: Okay. okay
0: um one of the girls uh seems to be texting somebody that's not her boyfriend, husband partner um while they're at dinner Right like it's these people are are still just care i mean they're not even caricatures, they're nothing they're just just, just people that she it's, washes It's right? not even
1: a- as as well thought out as miss Lonely hearts
0: right and and, and that's like the weakest characterization that uh, Hitchcock has to offer. It's just an excuse to have a girl in skimpy clothes um as as Hitchcock was wont to do um but yeah, it's just I don't know. It all of that feels feels like, "Oh, we got to get through this. We need to have this here cuz people will if she's really watching just the block, we'll need to see that she's not just watching this one house." But then once the the Russell family is introduced, that's really our only focus. It's just she's only watching them. And the rest of them all kind of get, you know, thrown to the side, which is another weakness. In comparing to Rear Window, because in Rear Window, one of the things that eventually happens is, as all of this stuff continues to snowball, like all of the various people become sort of tied into it in various in ways. And, yeah, like
1: and, when the dog dies, and
0: yeah, and, and what happens to the dog, and then you know we see Miss Lonely Hearts' boyfriend come home, so she's like not out doing her thing for a couple of days. You know, like, everybody's sort of, like, they change over the course of the thing, and that doesn't really happen here except for the Russells, who are sort of main focus. Because as she watches these people, that's, like, the big event on the block, is that a new family is moving into one of the places across the street. And she is, is obsessed with, you know, discovering what she can about them.
1: I also really do not think that New Yorkers, in general, care this much about new neighbors. I just, I don't know, this feels like more of a a a verbs level concern that I'm not really (laughs) understanding.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I guess we're supposed to just, I guess we're supposed to just buy it because she's, she's stuck inside. Yeah, she's an agoraphobe,
1: so she's gone weird. Right, she's suddenly
0: become obsessed with other people, and there are some things, um, Revealed later in the film that might support why she would be interested in the the comings and goings of a family. I suppose, but, mm-hmm. but that's a fairly weak connection. So the mystery of this film, and it's very <laughs> simple to explain, um, is that a woman shows up at her doorstep. Claiming to be the mother of of the young Russell boy that she's already met. And I forget the contrivance that brought him over. It was like a
1: package got
0: delivered to their house instead of hers.
1: Something like, I mean, it was so pointless.
0: I don't even remember. And it's so contrived, it doesn't matter. But basically he comes over. And I mean, 10 minutes ago, we saw this woman refuse to open the door for a little delivery boy that was bringing her groceries but she opens the door for this boy next door which you know we've we've seen that she's watched his dad you know, play her very briefly by Gary Oldman <laughs> um and and he's obviously got some anger management issues or something again we're seeing from a distance so we can't really know and and so like she maybe got some sympathy for him and and again if she is supposed to be a child psychologist i suppose this is where she would be attempting to do you know the good work of a child psychologist and, and assist him in, in dealing with his problems. But she, she doesn't, I guess. <laughs> Just like, eh.
1: Yeah. She's um, kind of a not very good child. psychologist. Uh, that's fine. She uh, doesn't
0: have to be, you know, yeah, like, sure. She, uh, that's, you know, I'm not saying like, Hey, child psychologist, but I don't think the movie, trauma. I,
1: I don't think the movie thought that it was showing that she was a bad child psychologist. <laughs> Yeah, they don't seem
0: especially concerned, uh, and most of the events of this movie would support the fact that she's not very good at uh, child psychology,
2: because
0: <laughs> uh, she misses some red flags, just some fairly There's significant a few,
1: ones. A few.
0: Um, but she sp- basically spends the evening with this teenage boy in her house, and and I guess we're not supposed to see that as weird, because um, she's Amy Adams, and... Just this not. was
1: just immediately weird to me and, yeah, and it, very yeah. off-putting
0: and and again just the 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 sort of flip from i don't want to see anyone talk to anyone have physical contact with anyone to i'm just gonna let this kid hang out in my house for a couple this hours. this young
1: man seems nice
0: <laughs> and then give him a stack of my blu-rays basically ensuring that he's going to be coming back over at some point in the near future. Yeah. None of this seems consistent with the sort of desperate psychological condition that we're, we're supposed to accept is going on with this individual. And you know, my, uh, and this is meaningless, but uh, you know, my undergraduate degree is in psychology. I've, I've taught psychology for years and I really appreciate when a film tries to show a, layered and complex examination of a, of a psychological disorder, right? It's, it's not easy to do. It's incredibly difficult to do well, but I, I appreciate when people try, and I feel like there is some strains of that in here. And, and that's not a bad thing, but as typically happens when you bring psychology to popular culture and popular fiction, in specific, the these sort of peculiarities and the individuality of psychological disorders get flattened into this stereotypical what can we expect that people will know and what can we get away with then not showing them and and i feel like this movie at some point somebody in the writing process was like we really want to take this seriously and we do want to have a portrayal here that feels like an honest representation of this this experience this very real experience like um there is there is tremendous you know a tremendous number of interviews and 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 you know basically behavioral therapy sessions that you can watch of pe- you know with people who are agoraphobic and and it is no joke I, it is yeah. it is a tremendously debilitating
1: i i have some you know i have pretty Extreme anxiety um, that I deal with personally, and yeah. and this movie just does not portray it well. I'm not saying no. it's inaccurate. I'm not saying that people can't experience anxiety the way that Amy Adams's character does, but it it was off putting because it doesn't feel true to what I know about um, people with you know anxiety disorders, about myself having an anxiety disorder. It just felt very. It felt very tropey. I know I say that a lot, but it's it just it really did. It felt very unfair.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to put a finger on and say where is this going wrong. But I I feel that Amy Adams is doing a lot with what she's given, but what she's been given is is fairly really
2: basic. bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and just not really It's just not really consistent in its in its portrayal. I mean, again, this is you know, a few minutes later she wakes up in the middle of the night and it's I guess it's Halloween or something and and she's like furious because kids are egging her house. And, you know, I guess that's our first like moment of her debating whether or not she's gonna step outside. You know, is she going to open the front door and and confront these individuals that are are doing damage? You know, no, she's just going to yell through the mail slot. And, you know, again, Amy Adams is a great actress. And in these moments, you can see her reaching for those emotional depths. And she gets there. She's I mean, she's she's good at what she does. But the character doesn't really seem to live in that state. She's only being sort of dragged into it from time to time. And that and just doesn't feel true. And that's
1: just because the the story beats don't exist to to flesh this character out. It doesn't have anything to do with her performance. I think if she had been given, you know, a a, a scenario to explore these things and actually do, you know, a little bit more with her performance, it might have actually been really good.
0: Yeah, and and maybe those beats were there. This is a film that did not test well. And and significant changes were made well after the fact to try and, and quote unquote correct issues with the movie. And generally if and this is a fair this is a hundred minute film, right? This feels like a movie that might have been at one point much longer and, and it just got cut down. Uh um, thankfully. Exactly. And, I don't and feel yeah, like I mean I would want this if, to be longer. If this was the film that they were trying to shoot for, then it being longer is not going to be helpful at all. But you know, it those character moments might have done a lot to sort of further flesh out the character and 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 help, right? So <laughs> oh. when she and when she makes the conference when she you know is debating on whether or not to go outside to you know confront the Halloween kids, that's when we're introduced to the the mother character played here by by Julianne Moore, Julianne. And yet another extremely short, uh performance she's in this movie for less than five minutes
2: which
0: and it's
1: is, is and it's, it's enough for me to be able to remind the entire world how much i love julianne more
0: yes no she's she's great i mean but i also noticed this was the first time i noticed something that you know it's it's film language so it's possible that it's just joe wright getting his coverage and and not having some of these things but a lot of the the sequences in this where Julianne Moore is interacting with other people, there are certain sequences where, in, you know, I mean, again, standard, you know, film technique, you have your wide establishing shot of the room, the people, you know, whatever, here's where they are. Then you get your inserts and your, your like, you know, uh, your singles back and forth as they're sharing their lines, you know, like it's, it's fairly standard stuff, but this film omits a lot of the establishing shots. When characters yes. are interacting and we just get lots of singles, right? I shoot Julianne Moore, I shoot Amy Adams, shoot Julianne Moore, shoot Amy Adams. And they're not really together at all. And and I started noticing that in, in this sequence with Julianne Moore. And I had already gotten the impression from the opening that there's maybe some stuff going on here that we're meant to see is is maybe this could be hallucinations maybe i'm making it up in my mind maybe i'm not to be trusted and and the moment that the film you know sort of shoved that in my face i started paying attention to stuff because when directors are putting these kind of things together that's generally what they do is they they start developing an internal language for how we're going to show these things and so this scene with juliet moore uh, or julianne moore I, i started noticing it a bunch that there were very few moments in that sequence where Julianne Moore and Amy Adams are actually featured in the same shot together. And the moment I saw it, I was like, Oh, okay. So the director is trying to make me either psychologically without me realizing it, or perhaps very intentionally, it seemed very intentional to me that this woman doesn't exist, that she's a hallucination, right? Cause yeah. when she appears, it's it's under the pretense that Amy Adams has opened the door to the outside, and then she has uh, a, an attack of some kind. She passes out. Uh, the world goes white, and as she comes back, here's Julianne Moore, right? And she's bathed in white light. She's angelic. She's beautiful. as she's always not. Real. And <laughs> and so the film is basically being like, hey, this woman might not be real. And, and it's like super obvious. And so, unfortunately, with me, that made me go like, oh, you want me to think she's not real. You're using the language of film to insist that she's not real, but you she is definitely real. And so it like it had the opposite effect. If it had just been shot normally, as you would typically shoot it without doing all these tricks. I I really honestly think it would have been better for the later assertion that this interaction and exchange never took place. Um but it doesn't and there are two super obvious call outs one there is a shot that lingers far too long on a wine glass with a reflection as they're taking a a selfie so i'm like oh well there's your evidence that you're going to need at the end of the film and then she draws a picture yeah which gets summarily tossed which was weird and yeah it was very strange it was like really she's just gonna sit there and draw a picture on this random notepad okay um, but again, we we're we're gonna need physical evidence of this woman's existence, and and so the the filmmaking technique in this sequence, as they're never really being shown together except for a couple of key moments, and then the selfie and the drawing pad. I was like, okay, no one is gonna believe that this woman was here for whatever contrived reason the film's gonna give me, and here are my two pieces of evidence that will be used later in the film to verify that she did indeed exist. Um and I'm going to be super honest. I hate it when movies do this. I hate I do too. it. I do too. It's so dumb.
1: Well, because it, it's insulting the audience.
0: Right. It's just like you are... You're so you, dumb.
1: This is what you're going to think. You're going to need <laughs> this. <laughs> really pulled one over on you. <laughs> Stupid.
0: <laughs> but yet at the same time, they they have to Chekhov's gun it and they have to put something in the, in place that we can remember later being like aha the selfie and it's like dude, just come on it's it's in terms of a thriller this is like lifetime movie level thriller if, right? that, if that yeah i mean that might be an insult to Lifetime
1: I've, movies. yeah it's i've just, had a better oh. time watching lifetime movies
0: <laughs> did you see the one with colonel sanders
1: yeah i did the mario uh, lopez uh, oh it was
0: great <laughs> Mario Lopez is hot Colonel Sanders. Uh I think that's freely available on YouTube if you're interested listeners. Go check it out. Just look up Mario Lopez Colonel Sanders and be in for about a well, it's not long. It's only like twenty-eight minutes or something. Uh but it's a hundred percent a KFC commercial, but it's a lifetime movie, which is ah, Chef's Kiss Internet. Great You've little done it again You've done it again. Um but so, like this whole sequence just bothered me immediately. The same way that the opening sequence, as we pan through the house and see the remnants of a family, but no family, because, dear listener, if you've hung with us this long, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the ever-loving shit out of this. Guess what? The trauma that triggered her agoraphobia and defines this character for us—her family died. Anthony Mackie, uh, in in his <laughs> shortest performance ever uh plays her dead husband. Uh they died in a car wreck while going on some kind of ski trip. And uh they've been dead the whole they were dead the whole time. You, boom, you got shyamalan And uh,
1: it's bad. It, it, it
0: it's so bad. And it's so obvious. Like, yeah. it's just so the obvious. The first I,
1: phone conversation that yep. she had with him, I was like, oh he's clearly dead. Yes. And this is is in her mind.
0: He is not a human being that exists anymore. Um, She's obsessed with her phone, which again kind of comes and goes. Uh, She has a couple of sequences where she's desperate to find it, presumably because they're, you know, the remnants of her family are on it. Um, But her phone being there is also important because that's where the photographic evidence of Julianne Moore's existence is. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to sort of have in the film, but Yes, the phone conversations with the husband, super obvious that he's dead and really not executed super well because she's talking to him under the covers in bed in the mornings, which. I mean, I- I'm not I've a seen big,
1: movies before.
0: I'm not a big phone talker, right? Like, I don't love talking to people on the phone. I certainly will do it. But if I'm going to talk to somebody on the phone, I'm not going to do it while I'm covered up under the covers in my bed. I'm just not. And maybe that's me. Maybe
1: maybe you m- have the problem. <laughs> maybe I'm
0: the one with the problem. But typically if I'm trying to have an adult phone conversation with a person that's important to me, I'm going to get my ass out of bed and at least like sit in a chair or stand. But hey, again, I'm not a phone guy, so maybe. Uh yeah, so she's she's uh, got a dead family. That's where all the trauma comes from and I Hated the reveal of this as well. Uh, if there is a set piece in this film, it's that moment. Because um, in essence, we can we can really sum up the like middle forty minutes of this movie because she sees a murder. the the mm-hmm. The angelic woman that she spent the evening with and drank a lot of wine with. Uh she sees her in the building is is it even later that night, or is it another and I think it may be like a day later i I don't remember and it. it doesn't matter, but she's looking out the window and and sure isn't sure enough there's the mom or who she thinks is the mom uh getting murdered getting knife stabbed by persons unknown and you know she calls the cops she you know is drunk she high on on her medications and and she's just not in a great state and and freaks out and drops her phone and and does all this stuff that basically sort of lowers her credibility level just right off the bat
1: and there's a scene just like this in the movie copycat that's so much better and exactly like this and done really well
2: yeah
0: (laughs) like this is a movie that that is is beholden to other better movies and that is just not never a place you want to be in Right, just like we said army of the dead was beholden to aliens and if you're going to swing for that chalice man you you really got to go hard and this movie is not going hard either and so she sees the murder she she calls the cops she does what she's supposed to the cops come over they immediately go like oh you're you're just fucked up beyond belief why are we going to listen to you and then of course the big reveal if you can even call it that is that the woman that she spent the evening with? The angelic lady is not the uh, the wife. She's not Jane Russell, and um, this this is is a big deal. And it's Jennifer is Jason it? Leigh instead. Because <laughs> I, I mean, that's fine. I like seeing Jennifer and, Jason Leigh and Lee in things.
1: But like, why is she in this movie?
0: Uh, she, she has
1: better things to do. I know she
0: does everybody had better things to do let's be honest there's no one maybe Wyatt Russell didn't have anything better
1: well yeah let's
0: be honest um but no like there's just the so so now of course we've been told repeatedly at this point in the film hey you, you shouldn't drink wine with your medications it can cause hallucinations hey it can cause hallucinations do you have hallucinations are you having hallucinations sure looks like you're having hallucinations and so no. now all the cops are like, ah, you're just having hallucinations, lady. And, and and it seems so because she claims that it was Jane Russell who was killed and it is not Jane Russell because that is a different person. Uh, and so here is your mystery. This is the mystery. But this there's is, never any
1: question. There's never any question that that was a real person. No, I mean, the movie
0: wants desperately for you to think that it wasn't, but there's no way.
1: You, it just... It didn't even try i mean you could this was this was choreographed like i could have told you what was going to happen probably within the first 15 minutes of this movie that's really bad
0: yeah and and so the the film spends the remainder of its its runtime trying to spool out what what is going on and its method for doing this is to just make everyone as sinister as possible around <laughs> Amy Adams. Like, I, I thought that maybe at some point there would just be like, I, I don't even know, a newspaper boy that would come by and he'd just stare in the window at her and it'd be like, it was him, you know, or, or something, because this movie was just desperate for a villain. It was just desperate for a person to be bad, because it just resorts to making everyone bad. And, and I, I think maybe at some point in the plan, it was like, oh, she's so paranoid that she's seeing danger everywhere. Right. And so most of this mm-hmm. gets focused on Wyatt Russell, mm-hmm. which is is unfortunate for Wyatt Russell, because I, I think he's fine in this. Um, generally speaking, I know, you know, the we're just newly freshly minted in the, the second Russell revolution, but. He keeps getting these like really mediocre roles. And I feel bad for him, because I think there's a good movie in there. Now, it's not saying that I want him to like be, you know, whatever young Snake Pliskin they've got on the burner. I don't want that to be why Russell. Please don't do that, why Russell. Um, but yet at the same time, I think there's some capability there, and and I want to see him sort of get some cool roles. And this just ain't one of them. And so let's let's break down the entire premise that an agoraphobic woman who is afraid of people. Or at least that's what we're told she is. She doesn't seem especially concerned. Even when Julianne Moore, angelic woman, shows up at her doorstep, she wakes up and she doesn't seem immediately perturbed that this woman's just kind of like hanging out in her house. Um, So that felt a little disingenuous as well.
1: I would be disturbed.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you wake up from, you know, whatever happened, it's not clearly established. Again, a fainting spell or, or passing out, probably likely if you wake up from something like that and you're in a different place and there's a strange woman standing over you, angelic light or no, I think you're going to have a bad reaction, especially if you are an agoraphobic who has been established as inherently fearful of people outside Mm -hmm. of your, your world.
1: Allegedly.
0: Allegedly. And, and so, you know, but she's taking him on as a border. I guess maybe that's like a half hearted attempt to explain why she still has money. That, you know, maybe Wyatt Russell, you know, drifter parole violator is paying her enough in rent that they can both survive.
1: It's 12 I, grand a month. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a it's a deal for downtown New York, 15 K for a basement room. Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't. And it, it the movie makes no effort to to sort of show how this relationship works or how it was even established. Um, Because presumably and, and just roll with me on this. Wyatt Russell would not have been able to have lived there prior to the accident, right? I mean, that makes sense, right. doesn't it? Because it if, makes if so, almost
1: too much sense.
0: Because if he was, he would be fully aware of the fact that she doesn't have a family anymore, right? So when yeah. she says, Oh, my family's out of town or, you know, we're separated, he would be well aware of the fact that, no, no, they're dead. Like they're all dead. Um, yeah, and so that that seemingly wouldn't work. So that means that after she became a, a shut-in, she sought out a renter to rent out this bottom room. And I, I just find that entire situation to be really not possible,
1: not not believable, not not credible.
0: I mean, like, did she conduct interviews? Did she bring people in and be like, you know, <laughs> you know like? Would it give me your three references let me call these people and make
2: sure you're a good
0: renter like how does this work for a person in this circumstance I, I kind of don't think it does but again I, we're, we're spending too much time on the minutiae doesn't matter he's a border and there are a couple of shots where he's in shadow upstairs and by God we should be afraid of him and then it's revealed later that he skipped his parole
2: <gasps> parole <gasps> I don't so, like that.
0: And so she literally throws him under a bus <laughs> to the cops for no reason. Um, even though he's he's seemingly been kind of totally on her side the entire time.
1: Yeah, he's been nothing um, but a solid bro, and and she just betrays him like he clearly did it. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was him. From the beginning, I found an earring in his
1: room. I mean, at certain points this does have kind of an old man withers feel to it when she just starts <laughs> just starts accusing everybody right. at the end Joculus. she's drunk again
0: <laughs> it's it's just so strange um so she she is doing the pv tom thing she sees the murder it's not the woman she thought it was is she hallucinating is she out of her mind it doesn't really make a difference the film c- continues pace. 30 minutes as we wrestle with these very obvious ideas. We get a lot of B-roll footage of time passing, uh, just like stuff dripping into sinks, which I thought was really odd. Like
1: I didn't understand that. Like I mean, this is commentary on something.
0: I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and and Joe Wright, did you notice like the the profundity of of split diopter shots? Yeah, like he just did it constantly. She's asleep in the foreground and then a film is playing in the background. That's also in focus so that we can see what film it is. And then she's dreaming and we get, you know, more little broken up. We're uh, oh, I watched a video the other day. What did they call them? Flashback tidbits. We're getting flashback tidbits. Yeah, right. One scene that will explain everything. But instead of just showing it to us and getting it out of the way, we're going to get flashback tidbits, little pieces of the scene that we're going to get dripped out over time that eventually will explain all of our questions, right? Flashback tidbits. I hate it. It's so lame, and I just can't stand it. I was watching a video the other day, and they were talking about uh, After Earth, because After Earth does the same thing. There's one scene when Kitai has his like sister, gets killed by one of the thingies, that are the bad things in the film doesn't even matter the the, the evil thingies Thingies in the film (laughs) i I mean they have a name i'm sure somebody thought of it and that movie's the movie's okay it's it's fine um but regardless there's like one scene of her getting killed and we just get little little flashes of that scene for the whole movie and then finally the the film's like oh here's what happened and it's just so annoying um I, I'm trying to think of moments of real tension in this film, and the only ones I can think of when she sees the murder, right? The violins pick up. We get a lot of, you know, whatever the the sort of classic thriller movie stuff, and and the problem, but the but the tension's not about the murder. The tension is that she lost her phone. Like this is one of the phone losing scenes, and and she doesn't have her phone, so she can't you know call the cops. There is no tension. Yeah even though it wasn't no maybe not i'm probably thinking wrong because she's got like the intercom system but i thought that she had like a, a just like a, a hand like a phone you know like a old style you know, connected to a cord phone I don't, as well
1: but i don't, I don't think, think she that, does i don't think but she did that would have been something movie would have done something and that would have
0: been interesting um <laughs>
1: could do that movie <laughs>
0: But but so when she sees the murder, the other thing that really pissed me off was that she's <laughs> using a camera to zoom in, which is, again, an obvious like rear window thing. But she doesn't take a picture of the proceedings, yeah. right? Like you were literally holding the camera, just snap a photo. And you now have in rear window,
1: it made sense because you had to use film and you don't want to waste film. Right. But in know? this, it doesn't make any sense because you can just take a picture. You can take a thousand pictures if you want.
0: Yeah, exactly, and so she sees her again. There's like a blood splash effect that gets put on the screen. I, I, I don't know, man. It's just such a weird thing. But the whole thing, the entire rest of the movie is: is she crazy? Is she not? And this again is one of those things that just, as a person who at least has a, a base understanding of psychiatry and psychology, I it just really pisses me off because inevitably. In films like this, a person having a disorder like this gets reduced to, well, you're crazy. We can't believe you. And I just hate it, man. It's old. I really don't think in a modern setting anybody is going to be that way. I have a hard time thinking that a cop would completely disregard an accusation of murder because the woman has an established mental disorder. Like, I just don't think I mean, obviously, there's other other evidence here to dissuade them, but I really don't think that they would just straight up like, nah, you good. And that's kind of what they do. Um, you know, the the cops get introduced fairly quickly after that, and they're they're played well. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who's a wonderful actor, and I, I love when he shows up in anything, Um he, he, you know, I guess most recently he had a, a nice little turn in Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, he's pretty funny in that one. And he, he's just he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's, he's a great actor. And I, I really enjoyed seeing him. But he's kind of wasted here because he's just playing straight. He does get a nice moment at the end. Just right at the end. But. They also I mean, she gets hit by a car, right? Isn't that a thing that she's like outside with the umbrella? which again, debatable. Um, and she gets hit by a car. And then like, again, she just wakes up in her house and there are people there. And she's not immediately freaking out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's just. Well, it's, that's fine. It happens all the time. I wake up and there are strangers in my home.
0: Right. <laughs> and I mean, and if she did legitimately get hit by a car, I mean, is she okay? It's just completely no. dropped, which makes me think that, again, there's just stuff missing from this. There are scenes, you know, that just get lost. Um so that's where the bomb drops that Jane Russell's not dead this is my wife Jane Russell blah 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 and so then the movie shifts gears and it becomes about Amy Adams proving that she's not crazy right finding the pieces of evidence to support what she now believes has happened which
1: she Also believes. hate it because that's not a thing that happens you don't know, proving that you're crazy that just that's so silly
0: yeah and And again, are you really going to be able to do that with Google and a a couple of hours in the afternoon? It's, it's very, it's just very, it's you use the word, it's very tropey. This is what happens in movies. And, and if this was a good movie, then I'd be on board, but I'm just, I'm not at this point and I really never get on board. But the, the real problem is that she now has to to sort of just, this becomes a film where she's trying to justify a belief that she holds without evidence, right? So she's working backwards to justify why, at this point in the film, she believes it's Gary Oldman who is bad, right? That, that you know The father is, is the murderer, and he killed the wife and is now somehow covering it up with a fake wife that everyone thinks is his real wife. It's 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 a premise that borders it, well it doesn't border on ludicrous it just is ludicrous. It's just stupid. If a man comes in and everyone says this is my wife, you don't look at him and go like, "No, uh, I met your wife and that's not her." Yeah. I, I just in what world would somebody would somebody do that? It it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. So the pieces of evidence that she acquires are that Russell has moved here under circumstances that may be nefarious because he had an assistant who killed herself. And so he was asked to leave his firm, law firm, accounting firm. We don't know. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Um, Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter. But so she's able to basically lie to a bunch of people on the Internet and get them to give her information about that situation, which she then, you know, builds a, a belief that he killed her and is escaping as a result and perhaps that you know the the fake wife or the real wife or the other wife she uh she found out maybe who knows and so she's working backwards towards that and and even the the young boy that she's befriended is is basically trying to ignore her and and you know not talk to her about these situations There, there is a key scene in the book. Okay, so let's... Just, I guess we can just run it out. Okay, so the girl did exist. Again, the movie wants you to think she didn't. She absolutely did. She was indeed killed, and there was a cover-up. So what we get in, in lieu of a mystery is yet another film where somebody saw a thing that was bad, but didn't understand what they saw, so they were solving the wrong crime. Right. Which again has become fairly I mean that's a complicated thing to say but it's become a really kind of common thing where mm-hmm. I saw a piece of a crime and I assumed this is what I saw but in reality this is what really took place. And so this is one of those. And so what really took place is that the sweet boy the sweet boy she showed the movies to.
1: Who is terrible. He's me. a
0: horrible actor. Uh, he's awful in this. <laughs> he's so bad.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know who that kid is but he's the worst.
0: He just looks like he's about to cry all the time, but for no reason. Uh, he was in eighth grade, he was in eighth grade. The uh, (laughs) the uh, O'Burnham movie, he had a small part in that, but yeah, I mean,
1: I don't think it's his fault or anything necessarily because I I wouldn't judge anyone off of this movie, I don't think that would be fair. (laughs)
0: That's very nice of you. It's nice to to not necessarily hold them accountable for their. Know, I won't even
1: hold Wyatt Russell accountable for this. Oh, that's that's very
0: that. nice of you. That's generous. Um, I'm a but good it turns like that. it turns out the sweet boy is the murderer, uh, and he's been the murderer Da-na-na-na. all Da-na-na. along. So there Da-na-na. was there was indeed a cover up, right? The cover up was real, but the cover up was not that the father murdered, but the son, and the father has been covering for the son's uh, murderous tendencies all along so what we have now is a film of competing mental disorders uh, which is always fun right uh, so now it becomes the agoraphobe versus the sociopath yay we did it um and and so the child psychologist completely missed all those warning signs um and and is now you know her life is in peril because now they the, the she gets some pushback, right? She gets an email that has a picture of her sleeping, uh, while drunk and, uh, gets sent to her, which she, you know, calls the cops again and they can't really find out you know, what's, what's why or what's happened. And so we find out that the kid's actually been stalking her. Like she has been hearing strange noises in her house that are not hallucinations. Um, and, and it's been him. He's been hanging out over there. Um, For a couple of days, because he was, uh, I guess, towards the end of the movie, he gets sent away to like a camp, right? But we find out that he ditched the camp and actually snuck into her house. How that happened, we're never told. But got into her house and has just been staying there. Um, Which it is a large home, but I still think that would be somewhat difficult
1: to pull off. But slightly.
0: But there is a key scene in the book um, which I did not read, and I will not read but I I did read some synopses and there is a key scene in the book, however, where Anna, uh, you know, Amy Adams character confronts him with what she's found out. Uh, mostly I think the picture, the, the selfie they took together, she confronts him with that. And he says, Oh, he tells her, that's not my mom. Uh, that's, you know, that's not Jane Russell. That's my biological mom. And in the, in this film, they make it sound like she and Gary Oldman were together at some point, um, you know, like an ex-wife situation. I, I could be wrong on that. I, I was pretty checked out by that point in the film, but
1: um, they have like some sort of relationship, but they they aren't they weren't married. I don't think. But r- it's it's not an indication if like it was an affair. Or, like we don't know.
0: Yeah, in in the book, it was an adoption. Like she was his adoptive mother. And she tracked them down to try to have a relationship with the son. Um,
1: well, that would have been interesting.
0: Um, well, she was his bio- <laughs> She was his biological mom, and they were his adoptive parents. Sorry, I right? Scratch right. that. Reverse it. I. That's what I meant. Um, and and so she has, she. But she was abusive when she was when he was a kid. So the book even tries to justify why he, he kills her is because she was was not a good you know not a good mom. Um, you know, but this film kind of just rops that completely. Like, none of that's there. No
1: time. <laughs> no time.
0: We've only got Julianne Moore for a day. What can we do? Um,
1: Have and, her draw a picture.
0: <laughs> draw a picture, drink some wine, and get stabbed in a window.
1: Be a total um, wine mom. <laughs> and just
0: wine mom over here. <laughs> I love wine and dogs. That's all I got. Um only yeah, they're toy breeds, though. <laughs> That's right. If they ain't in my lap, it's not a real dog. It's it's just it's a it's a really odd way. It, that seems like a, a fairly important thing from a plot standpoint that you would want to bring into a movie like this. Uh, but this doesn't really drop it. They that conversation never takes place, so it it's not revealed by uh, Ethan. Yeah, whatever the, the kid's
1: name—that's his, his name. I, I think you so. You know, this is another one of those movies. I don't know what God, I don't name remember is. any of
0: these people's names. It doesn't matter. And but it, there's never that moment where he reveals it, and then you know they kind of move on. And then I think at the end of the book, there's a discrepancy in his his detail that makes her realize that you know he was the one that probably did the killing. In this one, that's all put on the cops. The cops are the ones who. Who tell her like oh it was it was this and and i guess wyatt russell's character as well because he ended up sleeping with her that night uh that she came over which okay i don't know how that yeah happened, but, but he, that just like, seemed
1: very sudden yeah
0: there. he's like we met on the street and then we boned <laughs> like, like she was hot and her ear i mean i'm not cool, saying you know
1: i'm not saying that's not how that works you
2: know hey, i don't
0: know i mean it's new york city baby anything can happen you know, city of dreams big apple big apple <laughs> you can meet julianne more on the block and be boning down in 20 minutes
2: uh,
0: <laughs> but but uh, that's why she found the earring downstairs because that's what our character does in this movie she finds these little tidbits of evidence and then is somehow able to construct a compelling narrative out of it um and throw White Russell rustle under mm. the bus but so the the evidence that were were just really obviously shown early in the film all comes back. And again, I guess is it supposed to be like she doesn't remember any of this stuff because she was in a drunken haze and so it's like, "Oh, I didn't remember any of this stuff happening." And so I was just going through my phone and I saw
1: this What picture. did I do last night?
0: And I again, it's it that's a really difficult tightrope to walk with your main character that they're they're so irresponsible and and Again, irresponsible is the wrong word here. Like we're meant to think of this individual as suffering from these very serious problems, but she's also <laughs> exacerbating them in really negative ways. That she's being yeah. pretty constantly told she shouldn't do if she wants to actually, you know, begin the process of recovery or, or at least dealing with these things so that she can can resume some sense of, of a you know, more neurotypical life.
2: Meanwhile,
1: I do really like. And I wish that the movie had done more with the idea of a psychiatrist being so terrible in taking care of themselves mentally. Yeah, I, mean, I liked that, but that the movie like just doesn't. Seems like a
0: major theme, you know.
1: A movie doesn't do anything with it, though. It's just like, it, yeah, she she doesn't take care of herself, but but the murder.
0: <laughs> yes, but there's murders. You wouldn't take care of yourself either. Just You're think, think of the bathroom.
2: murders. <laughs>
0: Uh, and yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the real problem here is that juxtaposing someone who is legitimately working through a, a devastating you know, psychological situation with the classic murder mystery is just kind of a bad move. Weird. Um, or at least it's a move that if you choose to make it, you need to handle it a little bit better than this. Um, and there certainly are films that have have tried to juggle all those things and been more successful at them I think um, but in any case the she eventually the 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 sort of trigger piece of evidence is she finds the selfie that she took or or a picture that she took, and there is a reflection of quote unquote Jane Russell in the White, <laughs> which was clearly shown to us in the film like we knew that that was there um and so that sort of spools out and she sends it to the cop i think she sends it to somebody and or tries to and and then she busts her laptop and can't so again it's just a lot of contrivance to make sure that she can't present any evidence to support her her point of view um but the the again the big set piece of the film that sort of brings everything together and you know sort of fully establishes her as being unreliable is the reveal that her family is dead which she doesn't seem to not remember necessarily it's more that she's just not dealt with and so she's continued to exist and and continue her life as if they were still alive right. even though she seems somewhat aware of the fact that they are and, and so the, the big set piece of the film, we zoom in, the lights go out and then we're, we're in a car, a car on a snowy drive. you know, snowy drive. She's fighting with her, um, her husband, uh, you know, played well by Anthony Mackie in the 30 seconds of screen time that he gets. <laughs> and, and then we find that it was in, she was reaching for her phone and, and caused an accident that resulted in the death of her husband. Daughter, um, and and so like, this feels like it, it's trying to justify a lot of her behaviors in this one scene. Okay, she's obsessed with her phone because it was the loss of her phone that triggered the accident. She. But is, that doesn't
1: really make sense.
0: It doesn't, <laughs> and that was that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like, but what it wouldn't if the if you attribute the phone as the cause for why the accident occurred wouldn't you want to get it away from you
1: yeah she would not she would not be so protective of her phone that just that bothered me a lot i mean i <laughs> I, that, I
2: could that see that was just
1: bad
0: if the phone was the repository of of like all of the memories right like the videos the pictures the, the voicemails right like if that but it
1: tries to make it this big reveal that her family is dead and and it's like uh, but now the phone thing just doesn't make any sense. Like, you ruined your own thing, movie.
0: Right. And, you know, the the idea that the phone failed her because she tried to call 911 and they were in a place with no service. So that's, you know, she's got like this panic about it now. And it's, again, Amy, Amy Adams is acting the hell out of it. She's She's doing everything that she needs to be doing um the the final sort of pull out reveal is her you know staring at the crashed car inside of her home, which i I will say that the the way that the home is shot they they choose to kind of wes Anderson it that pretty mm-hmm. much everything is from the like west wall facing in to the home, so you could tell they kind of did the storybook thing where they built the house. Mm-hmm. And and then they kind of only had the walls they needed to to put behind them, which you know is nice. It gives it a kind of appropriately artificial feel. But Wasted
1: it, on this movie, though.
0: Yeah, but it, <laughs> it it doesn't feel purposeful, right? Like Wes yeah. Anderson does that because in his mind all of his movies are storybooks, right? They're children's books, and he's just kind of flipping the pages, right? That's why he does these, or at least that's one theory as to why he does these things. Is he sees them as these very you know, and there's
1: a consistency to that technique right. that I don't feel is represented in this movie I don't feel that this is a consistent and chosen and specific technique I think it's just being used because it's like well we need to do something different hey. <laughs> we need to make it look different
0: We need to make and these this...
1: movies look unique so we'll we'll do this
0: and, and we need to make this bottle movie feel big right we need to make it feel like we know what we're doing because this is a bottle, movie, right? This is a movie mm-hmm. that's basically shot in this one location in this one location only. Which is probably why they were able to keep the budget down a bit. Um, you know, those, this is cheap movie making 101, a la Cosmic Sin. Mm-hmm. We only need one warehouse. We just use different corners. And it, you know, it works. So after the big reveal that our family is, is dead, um, she seemingly kind of accepts that she got everything wrong. Like all of her. All and It her was ins- very sudden. Yeah. Like, Oops,
1: I'm like, crazy. <laughs> all of her
0: insistence that Jane Russell, you know, that Jane Russell was murdered and all these things. She just, all that is like, no, yep, you're really, right. I really,
1: really, really wanted her to just stop and laugh and say, Hey, just kidding guys. <laughs> like, I, I, I I was just being silly before. I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Just uh, some you, good old you, fashioned
0: fun in over here.
1: You head back to the station officers, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um uh,
0: you know there's no uh you know there's no fine for you know filing a false police report or anything right i it's no. not good you know
1: I was just funning you
0: and and then the film goes to another place that I, I found really unfortunate, and that is that Amy Adams, after she is confronted with the fact that her family has, has truly passed on that, that that is is reality. She elects to kill. herself. Um, Yeah. And again, this in the current environment of, you know, I feel like in the United States, we're finally sort of getting to a place where we're willing to talk about self-care and the need for an individual to, To spend time developing on developing and and working on their mental state. Right. That that's an important thing.
1: This is perhaps we could say not it chief when it comes to talking about proper self care. No. (laughs) And this woman's a psychiatrist.
0: (laughs) And and she she seems confident in this decision, which is a a typical side effect of of people who have suicidal thoughts, is that once they make the, the elected decision that I'm going to kill myself, they actually feel this burst of control because generally mm-hmm. there is a, a, a so you've made a choice. Yeah. I, I was able to successfully execute a choice and make a decision, which is, is usually associated with the, the intense depression that often comes along with suicidal tendencies. Mm-hmm. And, and this film just, it just completely <laughs> drops this ball. Like I got, I was pissed. Yeah. at this point and I don't care if it's in the book like if, if it's in the book then the book's fucked too
1: yeah well I didn't read the book I watched the movie and this sucked okay.
0: yeah and and they do it through this like grainy filter iPhone thing because that's the that's the deal she's leaving her last will and testament on the phone the fucking phone and I'm like are you an adult are you 12 are you gonna tick tock this like what what is this why <laughs> in, in what world is this a thing that you're going to do this woman has no one, right? Which I completely understand. Who is she right? Who is she making this message for?
2: The
1: people who need to sell her gigantic mansion and all of her belongings.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, Amy Adams is a great actress and she's doing a tremendous amount of, of, of deeply emotional work to get the character to this place.
2: With but,
1: nothing.
0: But this is such a this is such a false choice and i it, and if the film is playing with it and saying like oh she's not really serious she doesn't really want to do it i i that's even worse that's even worse that's yeah. even worse and i just really felt like that this whole thing was just mishandled and and it and the only thing that gives her the purpose to go on is solving the murder and i'm like oh, this is just all terrible and Every that's a bit of it
1: uh, that's like missing, you know, an obvious, you know, it, it wants to connect to Rear Window so badly, but it, it misses an obvious connection that, you know, Jimmy Stewart had something else to live for in Rear Window. Mm-hmm. He had Grace Kelly and that was sort of what the movie landed on. And then this movie just didn't didn't seem to get that
0: at all. Yeah. And and maybe that's the point. Maybe that loneliness maybe. Is, is core. But it sucked. But it's it's. It's just it's really amateurish in dealing with these very very complex ideas, and it it just makes the whole thing feel disingenuous and and manipulative, and and I I really have a problem with the fact that this entire movie hinges on Zoom and enhance. Yeah, like that's that's really and where I'm- I was. I just broke me because she she's scrolling she's doom scrolling through all of the pictures of her family. And I know that's not the specific term for doom scrolling, but it's basically what's happening. And she's scrolling through and then right next to a picture of her family, like in Paris or something is the picture that she took. So she took no pictures on her phone in between those two things, which maybe, I don't know, but she um, sees the the picture of the woman. And then she zoom and enhance with uh, the trackpad to to zoom in on her face and finds the picture and she's like I'm not crazy, right? Like I'm not insane. And and I I like that Amy Adams, you know, plays that with like a bit of elation, right? Like oh, I'm I'm not truly you know, as far gone as I thought I was, I suppose. But I still don't know if that would be enough to overcome the things that they've set up that this character is dealing with. But then it's, it's, it, the, the, whole, the plot hinges on Wyatt Russell seeing the picture of this woman and apparently being so stupid that he was unable to realize that the woman that she claimed to be hanging out with and she recognized the earring for, oh yeah, that's the woman I slept with that night. And then he explains the relationship, which now causes me tremendous pain because that means that this guy had all this information for the hanging on to it, like basically the entirety of the film. And this made absolutely no sense to me that he, that he just couldn't figure out, Oh, maybe this is the key to everything that's been happening. I I just, it, it made no sense. Like this is the conversation that she has with the son where he says, oh yeah, that's my, my biological mom. And you know, she was coming around and that was uncomfortable, but now it's, it's this, this character that has all these things. And maybe he, if she hadn't ratted him out and he had to go deal with his parole problem, maybe he'd been around to explain, like maybe that's what the movie's trying to do is she ratted him out. So he's not going to help kind of thing, (laughs) but that also just feels dumb, right? Again, it's not a mystery if I never knew what the situation was and you never until gave,
1: someone just explains until it, someone
0: just explains it. That's not a mystery. Right. At least it's not a good mystery. Like every mystery needs the, per, the point where a person explains it. Right. Like you need Perot sitting on on the Orient Express and explaining, here's how the murder happened. Right. I, I get that. But the whole point of a good one of those is to put enough evidence throughout the entire story. That if you're a careful reader, or if you're someone who's paying very good attention, you can sort of pick up on. You might not know for sure, but you've got some idea of where this thing is going. And then the reveal. And this movie just completely botches all of that. Wyatt Russell had all the answers all the time. If they just had a conversation, he would have been able to explain. And then, oh, boom, it's the kid. It was the kid all along and he's he's ready for the the murder. He's going to do the murder. He's doing a murder. And it's just it's so sudden and it's so it's so un
1: That that it's was what un- I said I we I we were watching my husband and I were watching together and and when that that reveal happened I had to stop the movie and and I thought that it was like in X-Files, like I had lost time or something. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this
0: Tombs? Did he just crawl out of a like, vent?
1: Did it, they, We're doing this now. Okay. Um, well, great. I mean, and it's not that I didn't see the twist coming, but it was just the way that it was revealed was, was like unspooling very, very suddenly. Like, there you go. That's the twist. Now it's done. Yeah. We're done.
0: I mean, because we find out that she was the biological mom literally seconds before the kid shows up, kills Wyatt yeah. Russell, and then begins to threaten that he's going to kill Anna, Amy Adams' character, or do other things to her. Like That was <laughs> a real creepy moment. That he's, he, yeah. he didn't just seem interested in killing her. He seemed interested in a lot more than that. Um, and, 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 and insinuated the movie- that the other woman that died that was at his dad's firm was also him uh, for similar reasons it's just really like uh, okay
1: yeah and that i mean that's fine you know have the the creepy kid that's that's okay um but uh, i don't know it just the whole reveal because it was so fast you know even the the creepier aspects none of that was developed with the character so when it happens when he he talks about you know possibly wanting to to do horrible things to her it just doesn't we're not able to really process that as an audience it doesn't mean anything to us
0: right and again it just it's it there is no satisfaction to the resolution of this yeah. quote
2: unquote mystery
0: that's ultimately that's my
1: real <laughs> quote unquote movie
0: yeah it's just there's no satisfying resolution here finding out that this kid was the murderer is not like oh of course it's It's just like, oh, Oh. all right, yeah, sure. He didn't like his mom because she was.
2: I'll buy that. that.
1: Okay.
0: Um, The only, again, this movie's sort of understanding of people who are dealing with with like serious psychological conditions, um, it's just it bothers me cuz this kid's obviously like his dad has been covering for him like he's been doing these kinds of things for a long time um and it, it's just the the whole setup for how they've gotten to this point is really shaky and i again it's just it lacks satisfaction so there there's like a they still feel the need to have an action scene which just is infuriating um they have this long conversation where the kid's like, you know, does violence bother you? Just, you know, and I'm like, yes. So obviously. Awkward. Like, of course it would. Like, people are not cool with murder, dude. Like, that's kind of the point. And he almost makes you it seem like wasting I thought,
1: our time with these discussions. <laughs> I
0: thought you would understand me. I thought you'd understand my desire for murder. Shut up. <laughs> and and I again, at some point in the script, I bet this scene was supposed to be her using her abilities as a child psychologist to sort of sort of talk him down in some form. Right. Um, I think maybe in its initial form, that's what this was supposed to be is her, you know, being able to connect with him because she has these abilities, or she has the skill and she's realized that she has to sort of reemploy them in ways. But instead they turn it into a scene about her continuing on with her because he's obsessed with he he's interested in watching her commit suicide. I, I, I like to watch him die or whatever he says.
1: Oh my god! And just such bad acting. It's, my god!
0: Yeah, it's just really rough. And and it so it became
1: she- cringy. And that's just that's bad. Like when I am when my skin is crawling away from my body just listening to you read lines of dialogue. That's bad.
0: Yeah, and so um she hits him in the face with a bottle. Okay. And then Wyatt Russell, she slips in Wyatt Russell's blood. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh she slips in his blood and and falls down real hard and then Wyatt Russell wakes up. He tries to get involved. He gets fur he gets murdered again, further murdered. Additional <laughs> murder. And and then of course we are are driven to the roof. Uh, There's been a skylight that we were shown immediately as the film opened, and has been shown to us a few times throughout the film, and since this movie is so incredibly obvious with all of its visuals, well, guess what, kiddos? We are going to the roof, and our agoraphobe is going to have to finally deal with being not only just outside, but outside in a thunderstorm, on a roof, in New York, Just it's... It's
1: just, so we've come to this we've
0: come to <laughs> this this is where we have to end it can't be about a real i mean like the behavior modification techniques required to get an agoraphobe to to approach you know something like being outside is, is so intense and, and and involves so many sort of like little fractional steps
1: this this kind of goes back to a a really old way of thinking that you can cure an agoraphobe by just pushing them outside.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I'm just
1: just push them really really hard out the door and they'll get over it. Yeah,
0: I mean, and, and that's that's just not how it works, man. Like it's just it's just not. And and the fact that this film forces this situation it's just again evidence of the fact that they're not really dealing with these these conditions in any realistic way they're they're just using them for their dramatic potential dramatic heft uh so this fight is just dumb i i it's not shot well for one uh i would not be surprised at all if the entirety of this ending sequence is a reshoot like pretty hardcore like i Pieces of it I know were part of it because in the book he falls through the skylight. That's how the kid dies. Um, so like that that piece of it is is definitely true. But uh, the rest of it it just feels real shoddy. It's, they're, you know,
1: it is shoddy. Yeah, I mean just, it doesn't just feel that way. It is that way. <laughs> and
0: so they're they're on the roof in the rain and. The kid stabs through like a bench or something like a plastic bench and the knife, I guess we're supposed to believe, gets stuck. The CG knife gets stuck in the CG bench. And and so he picks up a garden, uh, I guess, what is the three prong one called? Uh, I should know this. Uh, I don't know. It's a garden tool with three prongs. It doesn't matter. It's stupid. I'm a terrible gardener. I don't like working outside. Um. And and he grabs one of those and then stabs her through the face and,
1: which was just a really sudden gory move, move. and I didn't understand why the movie did that.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: it was like why now? <laughs> the, the movie
0: plays with gore throughout. Like there are little moments of like blood splatters and the bloody hand on the window, but yeah, like it it, it almost feels like a. It almost feels like a plea to the audience, right? Like, like, a, <laughs> hey, isn't this exciting? Was wasn't Look, that ex- stabbed her in the face? <laughs> oh my god! Right, you know, and it's just it comes off as hackneyed, and 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 really unnecessary. I, I don't know. It's 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 a it's just weak. the The entire like third act of this film is just incredibly weak. The mystery is unsatisfying. How they resolve it is unsatisfying. You know, it's just. It, it it feels like miscalculation after miscalculation. Yeah. And and it sounds like miscalculations in the source material as well. Like I I again, I'm not going to read that book, it's not going to happen, but it feels like yeah. Um so once again, our main character and intense agoraphobe who uh went outside once and is apparently cured awakens in the hospital. And she seems totally fine with that. Uh Well, she's cured. She's cured now. Uh, The police detective is there. He admits that he completely mishandled the case. Which
1: I don't think police. I don't think that's a
0: thing they do. I don't.
1: Um, I mean, even if they do, I don't think they say that. And I think they're told not to say that.
0: It's a nice moment again. Brian Tyree Henry is a wonderful actor, and and his 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 apology feels genuine. He returns her phone to her so that she can. (laughs) delete the suicide video so which again i I guess the idea is they're going to confiscate it for evidence because you know that's where the picture is and everything um and then everyone would know everyone would know that she was thinking of killing herself
1: and but like what difference would that make
0: that was my question right like this People one,
1: can kind of tell by looking at her that she's on the edge. You know, <laughs> I don't think it'd be a big shock if she killed herself. Yeah,
0: nobody's nobody's going to question that one. Uh, yeah, it's just it was a real weird moment. And you could tell it was just sort of a contrived moment so that she could have this connection with the police officer where he's like, hey, I, I you know, I, I understand. And I, I got scared. you. <laughs> and and I, I get that. And I, I think the film does need some kind of emotional closure. I guess but-
1: this wasn't really,
0: but why this? You know, I guess everybody yeah. else is dead, so <laughs> what else is she gonna do? Um, because we've already established that the other psychiatrist is the bad guy, so she's not gonna have like a great conversation with him. Uh, who's also the writer of the movie, by the way.
2: Um, oh, really? Yeah,
0: the guy who played that. Uh-huh. He was, uh, I recognize him, he was in Ford v Ferrari, he played Henry Ford II in Ford v Ferrari. He's a very small part, but he's um but yeah it's like supposed to be like her connecting with another human being in a well in this case a completely unrealistic way but you know you're supposed to as an audience member be like oh she gonna be fine she's fine and and then
1: we everything will be fine like it just i don't know i i The movie had been pissing me off the whole time, but I guess her waking up in the hospital that was really where I was like, "Come on." Yeah. You know, is it going to end on it just being a dream? Are we going to f- are we going to finish with that good old <laughs> punch in the face? <laughs> right. Cuz that's about the last thing that the movie needs to do wrong to piss me off.
0: Yeah. Um uh, so the 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 end of the film, we jump to 9 months later, which maybe i've just been primed by movies but anytime i see 9 months later i'm like is somebody
1: pregnant like did she yeah it's like it's a strangely specific time does she
0: have a baby uh, like what well, it, it's just it, it, i don't know it's meaning it doesn't she had mean a anything. murder baby like, wait why why 9 months why not a year why not 2 years what you
1: know or why not just weeks? you flash forward and she looks fine and we get the impression that it's been a while
0: Like I don't know why I mean
1: I don't need movies to constantly hold my hand like that it's like I understand if you show her with you know mascara on and her hair fixed I'm gonna understand that she's she's fine now like I I understand
0: um (laughs) and then the, the you know so she's going through the house she's obviously leaving the home behind which of course in a film that had any sort of coherent symbolism would be like you know she's 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 good now, um, but we get this incredibly weird again, very Wes Anderson shot of her walking down the many, many stairs. Of the home, but from a, from the other angle, like a, like we blew a wall out and we're watching her go down from an angle we haven't seen anywhere else in the film Um, as she's coming down the stairs and, and then she collects her cat. And and exits. And she steps outside with confidence, and gusto, and, and she's fine now,
2: which I, I would have liked it if it had
1: ended with her just back in bed, where she's like, man, that was awful. I am never leaving this room again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, and that was kind of my reaction, too, is like, what about the events that we've been shown would do anything? to actually help an 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 individual who has developed agoraphobia deal with their agoraphobia like what what so so the best way to deal with agoraphobia is to have a teenage murderer break into your home murder your tenant and then fall gotta, through your you skylight
2: you
1: just got to deal with it but, you just got to deal with
0: it yeah because you were being chased you know to the roof and then forced to go outside. Well, you must be fine now. It's just it's yeah. so, so blatantly wrong that it again it's it's borderline infuriating. Like I'm I'm glad that the character had closure, but all it all of this, all this ending does is cast doubt on the fact that she was actually an agoraphobe to begin with. Yeah, that it was all just the trauma and and i i just don't like mental illness being used like this in film i think at this point it's incredibly um it's damaging
1: to a community of people that are already disenfranchised and and in a way that you know society really isn't ready to talk about yet and and it's 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 always a bit disturbing when a movie like this comes along and and tries to characterize people by their mental illness because you know that's that's terrible <laughs> that's characterizing someone by their disability and their disorder is is despicable and we don't tolerate it any other time but with mental disorders there's still this really strong stigma and there's this ability to get away with stuff like this and I guess that's that's where it really bothers me, um and I feel like i I hate the movie a little bit more than it even deserves, just because I don't like the way that that's depicted
0: yeah i mean in in some ways it's ironic that this is a, a film that's so just obviously trying to ape Hitchcock because Hitchcock in many ways started this with psycho of you know which which psycho i th- is actually a fairly for its time, at least a fairly careful attempt to understand. it's very competent, yeah. But what what it created was the sort of armchair stereotypical understandings mm. of of how psychological disorders operate in people, and and for some reason, it seems like in in traditional medicine we've moved into a place you know because the entire nineteenth and twentieth centuries was about finding universals, right? It was about finding ideas that would cover everyone right if you look at what freud did freud was trying to explain life for every human being that ever lived anywhere and he could pull out any point of it and say like oh this is where you're at right it was all about universals well in 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 medicine we started to understand that universals actually are not great right like we need universal understandings of like what is cancer great, right? but if we're going to treat cancer i can't treat your cancer like everyone else's cancer i need to understand your specific cancer and then treat it
1: and And understand your body and your history and and everything that comes along with you being you and how that informs it because you know mental disorders especially i mean it's it's contingent on so many other things like hereditary issues and personal traumas and you know chemical imbalances you know it's just there's just way too much at play and there's too much that we know factually about mental disorders for for anything like this to be successful.
0: And and I feel like as a society we are getting more aware of that stuff as I said earlier, but it yeah. but this feels very rooted in that like I read the definition of agoraphobia and, and those people sound crazy. And that sounds nuts. So I'm going to give a character in a book that disorder and then see where it goes. And, and it just it's, it, it's just handled really poorly here. Um, and it's all in service. Honestly, it probably would have gotten a pass, at least for me, if, the, if it was at all thrilling. And the mystery that roots it was in any way interesting. But it wasn't, and so I don't get a strong character that I believe in, and and really want to see how this situation resolves with them. I don't get that for sure, despite Amy Adams' best attempts. The mystery that's driving the plot is uninteresting and so badly mishandled that by the time the resolution is presented, I kind of just don't give a shit. And the 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 there is nothing thrilling about it. Like nothing is presented in a thrilling manner. Nothing's terribly exciting. I mean, you can stab people in the jaw all you want, but that mm-hmm. doesn't make your film exciting. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> I love that movies keep trying though, that they're like, what if, what if, what if we stab someone in the face? Right. Do you think, do you think that would make the movie a little more spicy at the end? That's right. Let's you could just have an old face stab.
0: Spice it up with a CG face stab. It, it's just, yeah, it, basically just this is a film that has all of the elements to make it work like it's it's got all of the pieces in place to make it a fairly palatable one of these and and much like army of the dead it just drops the ball in the final you know the final run it just can't get there and and Obviously the studio knew nobody was fighting for this movie, right? Nobody at the studio was like, we got to get this out there for the kids, right? Nobody was. Doing that. And and so once again we find that in the Netflix dumping ground, it's, you know, you put Amy Adams' face on it, you say Gary Oldman's in it, it's it's going to get enough eyeballs that people are going to at least, you know, give it a shot. And in this case it's just it's really disappointing, right? Cuz there's there's potential here for a deep examination of something like this psychological condition and how it might create an environment where a person is hypersensitive to things or maybe sees more than is there, or, you know, is, is struggling to sort of even understand what I think it would have been interesting to get more context from Amy Adams and how she was interpreting the things that she was seeing in these other windows. Right. Not that she's not just that she's watching, but what is she understanding based on what she's watching?
1: Well, yeah, because that's like you you brought up before. That's what we got from Jimmy Stewart. Mm -hmm. We got his take on the neighborhood and we don't we don't get that from her because she doesn't say much.
0: No. It feels very disconnected. Right. It, It never feels like Amy Adams was actually looking out that window. Right. She she was told, look out a window and see and be pensive. And then the director put a shot on the other side of that, the reverse shot of that, where it's like, oh, here's these people eating dinner, you know, but there's never, and possibly the agoraphobia became a complication because in the film, you know, Grace Kelly comes over to bring Jimmy Stewart a sandwich or something, and he gets a few minutes to jaw jack with her about what he's seen. Um, But I mean, she's got a phone, pick up a phone, call somebody. I mean, there would have been ways for the character to express additional. And it, just,
1: it felt like they wanted to do that with the therapist character as best they could, sure. but there just wasn't enough time i mean that that character was was barely was barely there, so it, it it just didn't it didn't work
0: yeah there's there's ironically, there's not enough people in this for the character to to express the things that they're thinking and feeling. Yeah. Um, I guess there are a couple conversations with the dead husband where you know he's trying to soften her interpretation of things that she's seeing, but either there need to be more of those, or or you know some other way to do it.
2: Right? Yeah.
0: <sighs> well, all right. I I I don't know if I have much more to say about this one. In, in all honesty, it's it's a movie that I will literally forget the moment that we're done recording this and never think of again, uh, as it should be because it's it seems like the the people making it. Sort of had a similar attitude, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't yeah,
1: know. just forgettable and weirdly well cast for a movie that is so forgettable. And I guess that's what's kind of amazing me about Netflix right now. It's that they're they're harvesting talent, but the output is weird. Like these are talented actors. Some of them are even talented directors. But mm-hmm. what are they doing? What what are they doing? Well, it's like
0: it's almost like Hollywood is has re-tiered itself. Because at one time, I mean, and it's, I guess it's always really been this way, but but at one time, Holly you know, all Hollywood films, not all, but most, you know, they were called you know, Hollywood studio films because they had a certain budget, they had certain expectations placed on them. You know, theoretically you had all these studio executives who were managing those projects to make sure that they were maximally successful. Then you had like your mid tier studios, you know, your dimension
2: you know, who were, nah.
0: were a little bit more free and loose. I guess, you know, Jason Bloom and Bloom house would kind of occupy this space where they're lower budget, you know, quick moving, you know, more worried about quantity over individual quality, you know, your sort of B tier, And then you've got, you know, you're, you're, on down the, the C and the D tier where you, know, you get your cosmic sense down there in like the, the, the Z tier shit. And, but it seems like in inside of Hollywood now, they've tiered themselves. Where there's like your your triple A Hollywood blockbuster destined for success, but then there's no longer like a double A or an A. It's just like either you're triple A or you're like fucking C. <laughs> and and it seems like these really talented folks, just because they're part of that system and they they need work and I'm sure they want work, they're taking like the lower range dreck. But because it still has that Hollywood sort of label on it, it's just keep it, they keep making it. But yet the the quality control's not there. It feels a little bit like the seventies, I guess. That's kind of what the seventies were. It was just the Wild West, man. Like they were just making movies constantly and fast. <laughs> just majority. making shit up, and they were just they just weren't good. The problem is, I mean, for me, and this is, this is like an entirely different podcast conversation. Um, is just there's just. N- we need more original scripts yeah. in Hollywood. Not, not adaptations. Adaptations are fine. Some of my favorite films are adaptations. I, I get it. But, but I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. And, and frankly, like Hollywood is getting worse at adapting stuff. They're like really bad at it.
2: Because um, well,
1: it's all about speed. I mean, they want to do it quickly. And they want to get it out to people as, as fast as they possibly can. And, you know, the quality is clearly suffering.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I guess we can sort of shift into our our one thing segment, but uh, I don't know if there's just one thing that would fix this movie. I mean, for me, first and foremost, this is a movie that to me is just going to live and die on its characters. We needed to spend, ironically enough, we needed to spend more time with Anna and not Anna in her hallucinogenic
1: drunk floating around in a bathrobe like we needed to see her be a person
0: right like an actual person who is not drunk constantly and
1: and that's another you know criticism of the way that mental illness is is handled in the movie and mental disorders are handled it's that it shows them as not complete people with hobbies and interests and and things outside of their own you know anxieties and disorders and obsessions and that's really unfair
0: yeah, I mean, and I get it. I I know that's why uh, the agoraphobia was the perfect, you know, sort of vehicle for this because they could be like, "Well, she wouldn't have any friends. She's always alone." And I'm like, "Yeah, I get that, but
1: that's not even necessarily true." Yeah, and it's also not even really explained that well in the movie,
0: right? The, and maybe that's really is the film lacks meaningful exposition.
2: Yeah, right.
0: Like there is exposition definitely, but it's the vast majority of it's not meaningful to a better understanding of our central character and, and how she's going to go through this change and why she needs to go through this change. She goes through change, but it's unearned and unjustified change. And it, that just leaves a real bad taste in the mouth. Even if the mystery had sucked, if I really loved Anna and, 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 you know, cared about her situation, I think this movie could but I, I don't like. I, I feel completely yeah. disconnected from her as a character. Her choices don't always make sense. Her her reasoning for things doesn't make sense. It's- well, we're not
1: really we're not really given any sort of look at her reasoning for doing anything. Yeah, true. I don't know why she does the things that she does. I see her do them, but I I don't get. I don't I don't really ever get a sense of why. I don't understand her motivations and and the you know the family tragedy sure but that only goes so far again it's that characterization by trauma thing i just i just hate it
0: yeah it's it's weak and so for me that's that's really it it's just more meaningful time with anna you know even just i mean even if it's just her watching movies we get a couple of scenes of her like mouthing lines while she's drunk and and falling asleep but you know give me more moments where she's you know looking through her film collection cuz you know, it's ju- in many ways it's just as terrible as that finding a person through trauma. But if I can see what you love and the things that you care about, then that will help me understand. So maybe some more of that. I really don't know, because like I said, we spent a lot of time with Anna, but it still feels like it's it's not meaningful time. So that's mine. I don't know. What did you think? What was I, something we could do?
1: I initially was so put off by the rear window references, but mm. then. As the film carried on, I realized that uh I think it should have borrowed more from Rear Window. Um especially with the the development of her obsession um with with watching people. If you're if you're going to make that sort of the centerpiece of your film, is that your main character is, is a, a shut-in people watcher, then I I need to see more of that thought process. But mostly I didn't really get that impression. I didn't really get the sense that she was watching the neighbors or or that you know if it weren't for the conceit of the movie that she would even be the type of person to look out her window because mostly it seems like she's lying on the couch popping pills and drinking. So I guess I just I didn't really understand that. And I I would have liked if they had developed that aspect. And you know Fuck it. Why not lean into the Hitchcock thing, you know? That's why M. Night Shyamalan has a career. Just do it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with (laughs) it.
0: I mean, again, it's a hard template to pull off, but you can do it.
1: I mean, if you're already going to waste time with the Rear Window references in the beginning and, and go to all that trouble to set it up to be like Rear Window, why would you not include... Some of the the most key development of the plot from Rear Window. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's just what I don't get. Yeah. I feel like that would have been such a simple thing, and it could have, it could have at least made the movie a little more watchable. And I think it could have provided some of those character moments, which is you know kind of what you were wanting out of it.
0: Yeah, I I think that would dovetail very very nicely. And I, I yeah I, I this just this is a film where it just needed more. But I, I think, unfortunately, what is here is is just, in some cases, borderline offensive. Uh-huh. I mean, it just gets real close. Um, I appreciate that the film is is trying to deal with these issues at all, and that's good. But when it's dealt with in such a schlocky manner, I I think we've, it's time for us to move past these sort of really basic understandings of how these these things work with humans. Um, because we, as you said, I, I think we're reaching a point where it's, I mean, the word I was going to use was dangerous. Like it's, it's dangerous to do this because again, it's yeah,
1: to spread these ideas and, and put it out there that, you know, this is a way that's acceptable to think in, in 2021. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head, right? Because at some point, that might inspire somebody to take a person who is legitimately struggling with, with agoraphobia and just sort of push them out of the house and say, you're going to stay out there till you deal with this.
1: Yeah. And that's, and, and please do not do that. that, Anyone who's listening, that 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 does not work. That ain't
0: how that works. And, and you run the risk of, of doing
1: significant
0: damage to that individual. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff, I, at one point, um, that kind of I, those kind of ideas were more tolerable, um, and I'm not going to say that most people won't still find them tolerable. But I'm I've gotten to the point now where I'm I, I kind of just wince and say, "Man, like this
1: mm. should not have done that." Yeah, I
0: would not have done that, and and that's fine. I mean, it's again the film is, from what I can tell, that's that's how the book works too, you know. But even. I kind of like your idea that it's it's not so much, you know, that we see her stride out of her, her home in heels to a life that's waiting for her. Like, all we really need to see is that she's gotten better, right? Yeah. She opened the door a little further. She stepped outside a little more, right? Like, that's that's all we need, right? It's just to and see like it, that she's it, improved.
1: It would have meant so much more instead of the big sweeping scene if, you know, we had that, had some sort of cut to a place that's not inside the mansion. That's, you know, a grocery store or a shopping mall or a city street. And we just see her going about her day, her business, just living her life. That would be all we need to see. And then we'd know that she's, she is, she is better. But yeah, that, that just felt so forced and just so over the top and just just unnecessary
0: yeah even her physical performance in that last scene like when she's walking through the house it's just it's so radically changed i know it's supposed to be nine months later so obviously additional work has been done it's not like it was that singular event that that has has helped her but that's what the film is showing us right we don't see that nine months of work to truly you know sort of heal and reconcile and and move forward we see oh i was in hospital bed and i you know i got stabbed in the face with a garden tool and now i'm fine i'm good right like all better I'm, 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 i'm fixed and again it's the language of movies i guess we should expect it but it's it's getting harder to accept um in in modern film the, this kind of just kind of lazy, sloppy handling of this stuff, um, especially when there is there is other media out there that is trying to do, you know, more significant work with showing, you know, somebody truly dealing with and, and moving through mental illness in positive ways. So I, I hate to harp on that so much, but it, it really is something that has started to bug me. And, and this film 100% did it over and over again. Um, yeah. it just pulled out all well, and the it's stuff, you know
1: and and this movie is is guilty, but really i think I think we're picking on it because it just represents a problem that a lot of movies have and and movies that made a lot of money and got a lot of attention also handle mental disorders horribly, yeah, um. So, you know, it's not just this shitty movie that's no, doing that. It's, it's a lot of good movies that are doing that as well. Yeah, it's, it's
0: a long line of films that have handled these things in this fashion. And I, I don't want to, like, hang all of those on this, you know, obviously butchered Joe Wright movie that got abandoned by its studio. Like, I, I don't want to hang all of that on there. But, you know, in in media, yeah, we have to make choices. And... and you know this movie made a lot of choices that i i find pretty pretty onerous and, and not cool um there's there's some performance to enjoy you know i i will say that here amy adams is 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 doing excellent work um as always like she's she's become pretty easily one of our most reliable actors i, I think you know she's
1: all-American girl turned all-American lady. I mean, she's, right. I mean, she's, she's certainly come great. a long way from
0: Enchanted. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's good. You know? um, but this, which was obviously designed as a vehicle for her, or at least pitched as one, um, I, I think does her some significant disservice. Um, I agree. And I imagine that there's, there's performance on the cutting room floor that would have done a lot more to show the nuance that she at least was attempting to bring to this character, so um, a big missed opportunity yet again. Um, it seems to be a theme here lately with these Netflix movies: <laughs> a lot of missed opportunities, um, a lot of chances to tr- produce something truly memorable and and potentially great, uh, but just not getting there for a variety of reasons. Um, all right, well, I guess uh, that will wrap up our discussion of Woman in the Window. Do you have anything else that you wanted to say about this?
1: This movie stinks. <laughs> it's uh, pretty bad. Yeah. It's, it's a good old Joel Hodgson. It stinks. It like stinks. I just, I just, yeah, it, it really was bad. And, uh, Netflix should try harder. Just a little bit. hard. not too much harder. I still love my bad movies, but it's a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this film is the very, is the very expression of, uh, Disenfranchised shrug, you know, it's so like, mm. yeah, and meh, and and you know, again, I think this, a movie where we, we talk about these issues and somebody dealing with them in a realistic way is is great. Like we should have them, and and we should see accurate representations of these things. But uh, this doesn't. This
1: ain't it. This is not it.
0: Right? <laughs> ain't it at all? So, uh, I guess that'll that'll wrap it up. I, again, I, I don't have anything else to say. I'm just I'm, I'm sitting here in my seat, just shrugging. Just my my shoulders are just going up and going down. Just
1: well, whoop. that was that movie.
0: <laughs> time to be hitting the old dusty trail. I guess uh,
1: we'll be seeing ya.
0: Gonna be uh, gonna be flipping over to a different streaming service next. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, just just real unfortunate given the the pedigree of, of pretty much everybody involved. Uh, kind of would have expected more. Except
1: for maybe that's Wyatt it. Russell.
0: But if this ends up being one of the last movies that Scott Rudin ever gets to produce, then that seems appropriate.
1: Yeah, yeah. that works for me. Take
0: that, Scott Rudin.
1: <laughs> Let this be
0: your swan song, piece of shit.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, That feels good. Yeah,
0: that's a, a good time. I mean, everybody enjoys that. Uh, but, so, where can you be found if people want to yell at you about things that we talked about for Woman in the Window?
1: I can be found at Baskinator on Twitter.
0: Excellent. And I can be found, of course, at T Baskin on Twitter. And if you want to get us together, uh, you can come over to F Peace Theater at Twitter. You can follow us there for our collective thoughts, mostly just posting about podcasts, episodes, and a few things here and there. Uh, or, of course, you can email us at failurepiece at gmail.com. Uh, But we will be back next week with another discussion of a cinematic disaster, a film failure, if you will, and uh, we will delve in and find out just exactly why Hollywood makes films that suck so (laughs) bad. Sometimes. Most of the time. A lot. A lot of the time. time. (laughs) But thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.
2: Bye-bye.